0: Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. everyone, and welcome back to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Hey, Elle. All Alright, so what are we talking about on the podcast this week?
1: We are actually relatively, like... With it, we watch the TV show from Netflix that everybody's watching right now, and then we're going to talk about it. Usually, we're, if we watch a show, it's, like, months behind. <laughs> True. And we might be a couple months. No! Okay, y'all, we're talking about Bridgerton. I think it came out in January 2021. Let me fact check myself, because we could be months behind. I
0: mean, like, what is time? We're in the pandemic. There is no such thing as late or behind. We're all just... Trying to get through as much time as possible. Okay,
1: it came out on Christmas. It came out the day after Christmas. So, okay. yeah, it's it's only been a month and a half since it's been out or so. We're hip. We're hip.
0: We're cool. We're with it. Yeah. We watch
1: TV occasionally.
0: Sometimes. We actually watch TV a lot, but it's
1: usually old MasterChef season, so. Look, you don't have to air <laughs> our dirty laundry to everybody like this. <laughs> what are we talking about today about Bridgerton? What are we talking about about Bridgerton today? <laughs>
0: So to me, uh, one of the things that stands out really strongly about Bridgerton um, was that it was one of the largest examples of queerbaiting I've seen in a very long time. Oh boy! Like almost like queerbaiting was part of the marketing strategy. Yeah. I think that that's the thing that like as a podcast about gender and queerness, we should probably address that kind of up front because like... One of the things that made us want to watch it was that in the trailer that shows on Netflix when you hover over it is there's like a gay sex scene, or at least two gay two guys making out, right?
1: Yeah, I mean they're only partially clothed. It's pretty heavily implied that they're not just chastely kissing. <laughs>
0: yeah. And like that combined with the very gaudy, like Oscar Wilde esque aesthetics of the whole show, which are
1: yeah, y'all, the, the, the high point of the whole show is how pretty it is. It's very pretty. Yeah.
0: And like, it all it all does kind of combine to be like, this seems like it could be really gay. It could be in line with like, the Gentleman's Guide series, which is also super gay and opulent and lovely. But like, then it wasn't gay.
1: Oh, yeah, super duper wasn't gay. One of those two guys, we never, we learn his name, but he never speaks.
0: Yeah, he didn't have any speaking roles, And the other guy was just like... He was such a minor character. Like, I can't even really think of a way to describe him other than like the He was artist. a foil. He was a foil. Yeah, that's a good point. He was he he existed solely for the character development of a Stet hat white man. A cishet hat white man. Yeah, like 100%
1: that was it, and which is a theme because the other thing we have to talk about about Bridgerton is Bridgerton was written by Shonda Rhimes, who is a black woman and is a powerhouse in terms of creating TV shows. She created um, Grey's Anatomy, she created How to Get Away with Murder, she created at least a couple others. She, yeah, the, the, her big one is Grey's Anatomy.
0: Yeah, Grey's Anatomy, and the I know that um, How to Get it, How to Get Away with Murder was like explosively good when it came out. Right,
1: and I mean Grey's Anatomy had good moments. I've definitely I've watched most of Grey's Anatomy as well. Actually, it's still ongoing, so I guess I haven't watched most of it anymore, but I've watched a lot of it. There we go. But so Bridgerton is based on the idea that there was a real life queen in England at some point who was black. Queen
0: Charlotte. And she wasn't necessarily, who? African. She has disputed in the historical record she has disputed African lineage. Yeah. In all of her paintings, she is very white passing if she had any actual uh, But African also paintings features, are fake. But also paintings are fake. And she was married to uh, King George during the time period of the television show.
1: Yeah. So that's like the historic basis, kind of. And so basically, Shonda Rhimes took that and was like, yeah, but what if she was like actually black? And because the queen was black, black folk were able to be elevated to the role of nobles in this time. Mm-hmm. So one of the main characters is a duke who is black. And that is, that's a cool, it's a cool concept. Yeah. It's also a concept that I don't have a ton of wiggle room to speak on as a white person, but I don't think they did it perfectly.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Because all of the w- main characters were still white. And we got a lot of damsel in distress white woman being predatorized slash sexually taken by a black man, which is a ferrot, ferrot imagery to be bringing up.
0: Yeah. And you pointed out at one point pretty late in this in the first season, which is the only one that's up right now, mm-hmm. about how we'd gotten a lot of shots and like characterization around the two main black men characters fighting mm-hmm. and like they were boxers and they would like fight out their problems and we didn't really see any white men throw any punches until like
1: not until like the last episode yeah and also the white men were most often shown in their like study you know old classic 1800s england's men's studies where like the women weren't allowed except for the whores you know lots of books mm-hmm. lots of ledgers lots of fancy but the black men one of the two black men characters was a boxer, a poor boxer, not a gentleman. So he was never shown around in any sort of books. And even the Duke was really never shown in, like, these, like, study situations. Like, he was genuinely, generally at the boxing ring or drunk. Yeah. So, like... There was there was telling differences. There were also no black women except for the Queen, who herself, of course, is not really a character, although her like costume design was phenomenal. They did mm. some really cool stuff with like the wigs yeah. reimagined if they if she had dreads or braids.
0: That was cool. There were two other black women in it. There was the um,
1: Oh, you're right. No, 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 you're yeah, right.
0: Because there was the Duke's like mother figure was a black woman who was actually a pretty cool character.
1: She was pretty cool.
0: And then there was the Whole side plot with the girl who was.
1: I like how I erased her because her plot was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, (laughs)
0: I think it's spoilers to talk about what the actual plot was, but like.
1: Yeah, but so there was just still a lot of differences to be made. Although I want to bring up I listened to an episode of the podcast Code Switch, which is run by two black people and their podcast is all about racial dynamics in the US, basically. mm -hmm. It's a great podcast, by the way. Go listen to it. But they did. Yeah, they did a Valentine's Day episode loosely based on Bridgerton, but more broadly on black romance, like black romance literature and tiptoeing in that line of black romance versus black erotica. You know, some people don't like to call their literature erotica, but that's definitely the type of romance (laughs) this podcast was about. And they were actually incredibly pro-Bridgerton. So I do want Mm -hmm. to throw that out there. They were pro-Bridgerton because a common argument against Bridgerton is that oh, it's so unrealistic. Black people were not happy in the 1800s, and therefore black people have no role in romance situations that are set in the 1800s. And, like, first off, fuck that. Like, we're not making this historically accurate. Like, that's no fun. This is not a documentary. So, yeah, there weren't black dukes, but this isn't a documentary. Yeah. (laughs) And then secondly, and more importantly, I suppose, also, people were living their goddamn lives in the 1800s, people of all skin colors, like, yes, they're to my knowledge, weren't Black Dukes, although there likely was somewhere a Black Duke. There were not prominent Black Dukes, let's say. It doesn't mean Black people weren't alive in the 1800s and having romances and having joy and having family and having sex also. Like, these were things that were happening. And Code Switch was talking about a large pushback against Bridgerton that was just like, oh, this is so unrealistic Mm -hmm. because there's Black people in moments of joy and in moments of... Lust and like that's what you find unrealistic about this. That's what you find unrealistic yeah. about this TV
0: it, show. It reminds me a lot of the argument that you can't put black people in like medieval-based fantasy stories because there, quote unquote, weren't black people back then. And like, yeah, that argument is flawed. Yeah. And I
1: just so I do want to point out that like that's not the argument that mm-hmm. we're making. I just still think that there was the representation still wasn't
0: yeah perfect. It came. I mean, I think. I, for that, it came down to like coding and things yes. like that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like how we portray different types of people on screen.
1: And I mean, in the beginning, I think that one of my big pros for it was the the Duke is kind of the Prince Charming of the story. There is a literal Prince Charming, but he is not the main character. So he is not the Prince Charming of the story. Yeah. Um, the Duke is very much and seeing a relatively dark skinned black man in that role is new and is exciting. Yeah. I just don't think they did it perfectly cuz he was still hypersexed and the m- most violent of the gen- of the gentleman characters. Yeah. And that is unfortunate.
0: Yeah. And that's just all things to bear in mind.
1: It's also super sexy. I did not realize how there's like an episode of it that's basically just a prolonged porn. It's a lot.
0: I it was so much. I just I, it kind of came out of left field. I was not expecting. Yeah, it was I was like, just
1: like, why is this happening? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought there was still plot to do. Why are we watching sex so much? Right. Also, like, I, there are plots that I would rather see than seeing these two people fuck again. Like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I would highly recommend that you go and listen to that code switch episode mm-hmm. uh, if you want a little bit more insight into the kind of racial dynamics. It's called. Dynamics.
1: It's called. Wait for it. Wait for it. Black history. Like history. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Very cute.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I would recommend that you go listen to them because they're and not-
1: they and they give like more context, right? They oh, yeah. start by talking about Bridgerton and then talk to a prolific black romance author, and it's 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 just they're telling a bigger story than yeah. just about Bridgerton. Yeah. But bringing it back to Bridgerton, the other thing, the thing that is irredeemable for me about Bridgerton, mm-hmm. everything we've talked about so far is redeemable. I think that it's beautiful. I think that. There's not a per- perfect portrayal of multiple identities. There's not a perfect portrayal of gay people. There's not a perfect portrayal of black folk. It still plays into some tropes. That is sub-ideal, but mm-hmm. that is media. If you are aware of the fact that things are playing into those tropes, you can navigate it yourself and kind yeah. of, like, piece that apart. The thing that was irredeemable and made me actually hate it was we had some serious consent issues in that show. And we had what I would argue was a rape scene, which was not treated as a rape scene because it was a man that was raped. And oh, Lord, that was a conversation that Bridgerton was not ready to have. Yeah,
0: yeah, there's a lot in that show that, I mean, it plays in the space of the 1800s where nobody wanted to tell anybody about sex. Mm-hmm. And that it was impolite to talk about the marital act, <laughs> and like, and it also, it also did try to illustrate and like examine how gender roles were so much back then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were so much, just so much. And so there was all this like stuff about like gender and marriage, and like we should be telling people what sex is, and like, yeah, agreed. But then it just like took such a turn with this one scene that. Mm.
1: Yeah. So I guess we're going to have to give some mild Bridgerton spoilers, but I also don't recommend watching it. So I'm not really that mad about giving spoilers. Spoiler,
0: spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler,
1: spoiler, spoiler. spoiler. (laughs) So obviously the main girl ends up with the Duke because of course she does. If you couldn't see that from the trailer, I don't know what's wrong with your romance eyes. So she ends up with the Duke, but then the Duke doesn't want a baby because of, you know, reasons.
0: (laughs) Backstory reasons.
1: And she does want a baby because of other reasons. Mostly... Because women wanted babies in the 1800s. Yeah, that seemed like most of it. <laughs> her parents had a good marriage. She wanted she wanted a family like her parents. That it was okay, a solid you know, reason. That's solid.
0: That's fair. That's fair.
1: And so, but they got married, and they had this like very different idea on what that meant and what family was. And she, because of the lack of sex education, didn't know how babies were made. Literally. Mm -hmm. That's like a plot arc as she's figuring that out. And she finally figures out that the whole like coming inside of her thing is part of baby making and then literally forces him to not be able to pull out, which is rape. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that it's played off and it's played as like a portrayal, but it is does not get the weight it deserves. it's
0: it's played in the show as like a mutual betrayal, like, yeah, yes. I did this to you, but you did like, but you were lying to me or you misled me. And he's just like, I didn't mean to mislead you. yeah, you know, because and- he
1: said he couldn't have children, and she took that to mean, like physically because again, she doesn't know how sex works. and he meant that he like wouldn't have children, and she felt betrayed by that. But that is not the same level of betrayal as raping somebody, which anytime that somebody doesn't want a sexual act and you force it upon them, you know?
0: Yeah, there are just a lot of ways that the exact same drama of that scene and that arc could have played out without, without basically glossing over a sexual assault.
1: And I think that's something that was particularly disgusting to me about it was the fact that like, there are shows that still depict and discuss sexual assault. Sexual assault isn't something we shouldn't talk about, right? Like, I mean, we should be talking about it. And it does happen, so it should be depicted in our media. Like, these are, like, you know, that's real. But we got, like, a full, like, facial experience of this man as he was raped. Like, we watched the moments go by because, again, it's super sexy. Like, we just watch a lot of sex, and Mm -hmm. this is one of the sex scenes that we watched. And so, like, the fact that the audience watched that like if you flipped on on its head and were shown the image of a girl's face while a sex act was forced upon her like people would understand that that's not good but like it didn't have that weight like it didn't seem like the show knew it was bad
0: yeah yeah it was a very uncomfortable moment of television to watch and then to watch it unfold like I mean, I feel like in the end of the arc, the Duke was made to apologize for his yes. actions, and I don't recall she never did her apologizing for what she did. Like it was not ever point; it was never put in as like a this was a betrayal of trust. Like this was a like
1: no, because she was set up as though she was right in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, like you said, things like tropes and coding. As long as you are watching your uh, media with some amount of Media literacy, you can get kind of past those and navigate those.
1: And, like, they are a fact of our world right now. Like, again, you have to balance between... I realize this isn't perfect and I want to be able to enjoy TV like you. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's not a terrible idea to swear off Netflix. I mean, you know what? Respect to you. Like,
0: true, true, true.
1: <laughs> media isn't great for your brain, but like you can take steps to mitigate it by recognizing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And like specifically the queer baiting in the show is also redeemable they're going to make more seasons it was like one of the most watched shows on Netflix yeah ever I mean I think pandemic has things to do with that but like
1: and like again there's more context it's based on a series of books we've looked this up and the books each follow one of the siblings the romance Bridgerton, the
0: Bridgerton siblings right
1: and so this was the the sister who this book and therefore the season followed her romance and the brother who like maybe turning out to be bisexual, we're not sure. He was not one of the people in the sex scene, don't. The, the gay sex scene don't get it twisted yeah but he saw the gay sex scene with his own two eyes and he's intrigued <laughs> and so there might be a book about him where we get to examine that further
0: yeah and like based-
1: especially with how much they've how much clap back they've got about the queer baiting yeah
0: that's what i was gonna say is they got a lot of clap back about the queer baiting and the queer baiting happened and like we now live in a media world where i could definitely see them being mm-hmm. like okay so we know that like this is how what maybe that kid's book when, yeah. when that sibling got his book it was a straight romance but of like, course it was i'm sure but i could see them definitely reaching out to the author and being like hey so we gotta we really we actually really have to gay that one up is it okay and then like the, literally
1: even if he still ends up with a woman but like does he have a bisexual like
0: marriage of convenience type thing
1: or or even just like he fucks a dude and he's like that was fun i have to marry like for my family now but like this has been good <laughs>
0: yeah and so like i could definitely see that Coming about as like a way to redeem the queer baiting part of it. Yeah, we haven't really talked yet about the just like lockstep gender roles that were explored r- with relative nuance in the show at points. I mean, there were a couple of there. I were, feel like
1: their flaws were explored. Yeah, because like the sex ed thing is really mm-hmm. that was like one of the main points of the show. I feel like walking away is like teach your daughters about what sex is. Yeah, or else bad things
0: <laughs> Bad things. and like there was there was a lot of discussion around like women who didn't want to do the standard go and get married and have a family thing and like how their lives are made extremely difficult by the system as it
1: stands mm, i'm not sure i agree
0: they tried to do they it. They
1: tried to do it. But then they were like, mm, but we need to dedicate this whole eighth of the show. Like this whole episode just needs to be fucking. Yeah. And then they didn't, they didn't save enough time for the other discussion. <laughs> they didn't.
0: That's so true. <laughs> Literally.
1: <laughs> that- Josie and I were watching this. I, there are like, there are like minutes long sex scenes. And Josie and I are just like, you know what I'd rather be watching? The younger sister who's like doing a mystery novel right now. Can we watch, can we get some more plot on her? And the t- people are still fucking and we're like, no. No, okay, cool. I there guess was, we'll just we'll just watch this. <laughs> there was so much
0: plot that was just like not Anyway, anyway. <laughs> there are part there are plot and pacing and content things that you can get redeemed from, but I I agree with you that there was just like
1: the consent thing. The I can't come back from. The
0: them. consent thing is just so egregiously
1: bad. Like yeah.
0: and I think that it does also play into its own sort of like levels of gender roles and, like, the internalized binaryism and gender that we have in our society around, like,
1: Mm.
0: men can't not consent. Right. right. And also, like, the idea that, Especially
1: if the thing in question is coming.
0: Yeah. And, like, there was... uh, I remember when we were watching the one long sex act scene, (laughs) the one long sex act episode, (laughs) we mentioned how, like, there was some relative... There was some really nice, like, consent gathering... Like step by step consenting, yeah, happening while the man was, I don't know, deflowering the girl, <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: Well, because he also had to teach her how to masturbate, which was a whole other arc of the whole sex ed thing,
0: yeah. And so, like, there was that side of it where it was, like, showing this, like, look at, he's so, he's such, like, a nice gentlemanly dude. He is going to, like, get consent in every step of the way. And then it, like, just flips over. It's like, but that's not required for him. Right. You know, he doesn't get that.
1: Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, that's really true. There was so much, like, good consent and good, like, care for the woman's role in sex. But he didn't get any. Like, he was never asked if he wanted this. He was never asked if he... Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that in our in our mindset, in our very gender queer, very gender expansive <laughs> mindset, we start looking at things like that and we're like why is this not like just equitably spaced out? Like why yeah. why is this how our society has set itself up with these like two binary options and one of them it just it just there's just a lot in there that is yeah. so tied to gender roles and even in a show that seemed to be trying to say something about gender roles they played right into a lot of really toxic gender things. Right.
1: And I mean, I think I want to be clear that when you say that they are trying to say something about gender roles, this was never going to be a fucking trans narrative. Like, we never oh, thought no. that a bitch was going to bust out with a dick in this show. Like, that was not the energy of the show. Not at but all. But just, like, binary gender roles. Like, do people who identify as women and therefore, in this context, cis women have to want babies and want to fawn after their husbands and, um, like, want all these things. And, like, do cis men in these contexts have to do these things? Yeah. I just want to be clear. Right, yeah. There right. was never any, even the slightest synergy that somebody was going to be even kind of non-conforming.
0: Although this time period would have been contemporaneous with, like, Dr. James Barry and that would be a chill plot line to explore. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> saying. If you don't know who Dr. James Barry is, you should look him up. Um, he... His gender identity is difficult to parse because they didn't have trans people like the way we think of trans people back then. Right. But he was a man who was assigned female at birth and became a doctor. And this is a whole thing. He's really cool. You should look him up. But he was contemporaneous with this time period.
1: Yeah, and so like, they existed. It just wasn't going to be in this show. I'm not no, saying. I'm no. not saying they weren't going to be in this show because the show was set in the 1800s. No, 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 no. I just know this show wasn't going to do
0: it. I agree with you. I agree with you. Also, Oscar Wilde was contemporaneous with
1: this time period. It just, yeah, like, babe, we know. You want the queer, the gender queers to exist in the 1800s, <laughs> and you know about them. I know.
0: I just, it, it would be nice if they would not have an entire 55 minute episode dedicated to one long cishet. Sex scene, and if they explored some other things, I just think it would be neat.
1: <laughs> and you have ideas on what those other things could be.
0: Shonda, hit me up. like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my lord! Oh. All right, all okay, right. Is there anything else you want to talk about with this one? Mm,
1: nah, Bridgerton's pretty, y'all. I mean, I just like really. What was which episode was the sex episode? Just skip it. You could uh, literally just skip I'm... it. No plot happens.
0: Yeah. You can stop watching after, like, episode three, and it's just fine. I would say four. Four? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair.
1: Yeah, basically, once the the main chick and the duke get together in the, hotel, in the hotel, you'll know. You can just, at that point, you can be like, wow, happily ever after, and just close out of Bridgerton and never <laughs> watch it again, and it'll be such a better show. <laughs> like, I am not kidding. And then Google all of the Queen's outfits, because they're pretty lit, and you don't want to miss all the rest of the Queen's outfits, but really.
0: That's true. That's true. That's it. That's it.
1: Oh. Oh, wait. I have one more. I have one more thing that the Bridger- Bridgerton can never come back for from me. Like, consent is bad and all, but there's a diamond necklace that gets left. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it never comes back.
0: Just like, it was like a very expensive gift from a freaking prince, and this bitch just <laughs> leaves it outside. She and- yanks
1: it off of her neck and leaves it very dramatically. And then it never comes back.
0: The prince is never like, what happened to that necklace? You came back into the party without it. I spent a lot of money on that. Right? My taxpayers paid for your <laughs> necklace and you just left it out there.
1: Uh, yeah. And it never comes back. Like, truly, I watched the next many episodes being like, it has to come back. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. Don't don't be fooled like I was. Yeah. And on that very serious note, I've, I've, I now have no more opinions on Bridget. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, then I think that is where we are going to leave it for this episode of Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Bye, y'all. And until next time, just keep thinking about it. Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com genderjourneys. We hope to hear from you soon.